The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And welcome to a brand new episode, the rebirth, the rebranding, Harley K. Fabe, one of your homes for pro wrestling talk right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. We got a, we're very, very excited to bring the trio back. It's been a long time. It's been probably about a year since we've all gotten together, gotten to record and talk about a, uh, the world of professional wrestling. And uh, I am honored to be joined by these back with these gentlemen. Uh, let's go around and reintroduce ourselves to our uh, uh, hopefully our former audience and some new audience members as well. Uh, we'll start off with Mr. Christopher Chavez. Chris, That's me, Chris Chavez, up? back in my seat, dude. I wish we had sound effects where, where you, you know how like when the return of a wrestler and everyone goes ape shit and it's like, oh my god, oh my god, he's back, he's back. That's me. Buy my barbecue sauce. (laughs) (laughs) By God, he's back. And that's me. I love it. There's Chris Chavez, (laughs) uh, one of the original hosts of the original Harley version of Harley Kayfabe. And of course, the other original host, uh, Mr. Johnny Townsend. Johnny, how are you? We're back. And better than ever. That's what we are. (laughs) We are here. We're back. And we are excited. I'm speaking for both of them. I haven't asked on this, but I know it's true. Uh, we are ecstatic uh, for this new version of Hartley Kayfabe. We had decided that when we came back, if if we came back, we wanted it to be uh, something we really wanted to do. And so the new branding of Hartley Kayfabe is here in which we will discuss things we want to discuss. Correct. Yeah. And, and pro wrestling history, basically. Yeah. And that's what we're going to do. And uh, if you don't like that, then. Uh, on you and your house. Yeah, and we got two words for you. Find another so, show. <laughs> what, what are those? <laughs> That's three words, but it works. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, yeah, we wanted to rebrand. We ended, you know, the, the, the previous iteration of Harley Kayfabe, it ended on a very sour note. It was during a very dark time where, uh, I mean, myself, Johnny, and Chris just kind of really lost our fandom. Lost what disillusioned, man. We became oh. disillusioned with wrestling. Yeah, we it became we, this kind of. It felt dirty just to even enjoy wrestling for a while there. Right. No, for without a doubt. So that's why we we decided we talked about it. I mean, we just literally two weeks ago to throw this together. We're like, you know, let's go and uh, let's go and focus in and hone in on what we love about pro wrestling instead of being, you know, having this. Uh, instead of talking about spotlighting the negative aspects. So this is going to be more of an open discussion topic episode, or, you know, kind of show going forward. It's not going to be, uh, you know, this week in news. It's not going to be going through Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Impact, none of that. We are going to pick and, and spotlight moments in pro wrestling that made us happy uh, through a variety of different themes. So it's going to be a completely randomized theme every single uh, time. 
And we are also moving the show to bi-weekly as well. So every other week, um, you know, so, which is a lot, you know, bi-weekly podcasts are a lot better than bi-weekly paychecks. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't think we really need to reintroduce ourselves too much. You know, we've all, you know, been around wrestling a long time, all been long time wrestling fans. Uh, and you know, I guess historians of the sport in, in, in some sort of way, uh, what we're going to do is everybody is going to, we're going to alternate who picks our themes every single week. So we're going to keep things fresh and Johnny won our first roulette. Uh, and he was responsible for this week's choice. We are going to talk about a, uh, a championship. Okay. So what that means is we can talk about a championship belt's history. We can talk about a championship belt, uh, when, uh, other aspects of championships, legacy, all that stuff. Um, but Johnny has selected a very fun moment, uh, one of his personal favorite moments. And Johnny, I'm going to let you take it away and explain why you chose this topic. It was January 4th, 1999, when a certain mankind, a.k.a. Mick Foley, won his first WWE slash F, however you want to look at it, world championship title from the rock dude call it wwf because that's what it was at the time and we're we're, we're going i can't remember the, i legit can't remember when it changed so yeah, that's i think, it was, I I think it was still wwf yeah but that's uh, what happened it's very very famous uh we're going to dive into it have a lot of fun uh i i am very excited about this i have made no bones about it if you talk to me about pro wrestling you know that mick foley is my all-time favorite guy yes he always will be uh but yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to try to share this real quick. Let's see if I do this right. Uh, Matt, edit this how you see fit. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, here we go. Oh, I already did it wrong. Give me a stack. I'm at Townsend. <laughs> I told I myself. It. I see the screen. Yeah, we see. Yeah, it. yeah, but I need to share sound, too, so y'all can hear it. Oh, <laughs> that's what I meant to do. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to play this, and then I'll uh, we'll discuss it afterwards. Mr. Sacco! Mr. McMahon, you got to do something! The Rock may be out! No! No disqualification! And there's Billy Gunn! Billy Gunn on Shamrock! DX and the corporate team are going at it! Look out! Oh! Oh! Stockgun! Dude. And with that, Mankind Dude. was your WWF world champion. Can and I just point out, time. please, real quick, the amazing, amazing color commentary by the king in this. Just, he's absolutely going bonkers and losing his mind. He's screaming yeah. Mr. McMahon so loud. Like, his voice is cracking. He sounds like a kid going through puberty. It is the most... Yeah. amazing like the amount of emotion this guy is dealing with like he's putting forth just in that is so awesome dude oh 100 percent. i love what jerry king's uh jerry the king law jerry king jerry the king lawler's you know commentary to this i'm actually sad that jim ross was not like 
I'm sad that he wasn't present. You know, Michael well, Cole's not a bad commentator, but he's no good old Jr. And like I, I got, I feel like that would have added some extra. Oomph, I, uh, I do, I do think, and maybe it's because I'm a Foley mark, but I do think that in this case, uh, well, I do agree with you. Um, I still think that this is probably some of the best Cole that we've had. Uh, yeah, because all the stuff he said after. I mean, I stopped it before it got there. Like he's just talking about how uh, you know nobody said that he could do it. Nobody said that uh, that it, that this was possible and all this stuff. He really set this up very, very well. So, uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Um, just to set this up, guys, I actually did a little bit of quote unquote research, and in this very same episode of Raw, uh, like toward the beginning of the show, uh, you know, this is also when Shane McMahon's very present on the show yeah. uh, during this era, yep. and mankind uh, gets him in a submission move. And says that if you and tells McMahon, if you don't give me my uh, championship shot tonight, I'm going to break him, basically. So McMahon has, is forced to give him this championship match. And that's what set all this up. Uh, but this is, uh, man, this is just great stuff, of course. And also, uh, just before we really dive into this, this is, <laughs> I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but uh, well, I know you know this part. Very famously, uh, I want to share my screen again real quick. Very famously, uh, a certain uh, WCW said this. Oh, yeah. Thinking about changing the channel, fans do not. We understand that Mick Foley, who wrestled here one time as, as Cactus Jack, is going to win their world title. Oh, it's going to put some butts in the seat. <laughs> yeah. So Shivani regrets that one. He already he said multiple times that he did, oh, yeah. uh, and he also said that he. I mean, honestly, uh, and Bischoff has actually said this is true that Bischoff made him say that. So yeah. uh, the night of, yeah, because they a, thought it was a dig. They thought it would make people laugh, yeah. and and think, oh, geez, they're giving him a title. Unfortunately, it worked against them. <laughs> yes, because yes. people were like, wait, what? They're gonna yeah. do what? I gotta see this. Yeah, I gotta go see Flip. this. <laughs> and then WCW. And their infinite wisdom. This is 1999 WCW, which, by the way, uh, I encourage you, if you want to see just some wild train wreck shows, 1999 WCW Nitro. Uh, <laughs> the, be- the beginning of the end. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But this, the same night in which they tell you, don't waste your time turning the channel to see this, is the same night they have the gall to do the finger poke of doom. It's the same <laughs> night. Oh, my God. Really? It's the same night where Nash goes in with the title and Hogan goes in and finger pokes him. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's the same (laughs) night. But yeah, they're they're telling you, don't you dare turn the channel. We're going to give you more of this. That's awful. Because I I mean, that was the turning point of the Monday Night Wars, right? Like 86 weeks ended. The 86 weeks on top for for Nitro ended in this moment. Everybody jumped over. They were Uh, deeply in in a ratings war. Like they were like every every Monday. And this is before... They didn't go no. back. They they attacked each other. They made comments on air. The wrestlers would would comment on other wrestlers from other the other promotion. I mean, this was a a legit real back and forth war between two programs. Yeah. And and WCW, the reason to me that it's even more wild that they lost in the end is because they had a real advantage. They were live well before Raw ever went live. Oh yeah. Yeah, they, I think Raw was pre-taped. Yeah. Yes. At that time. Yes. Yep. Yeah. This mm-hmm. this actual episode they had taped six days prior. Mm. 
So uh, they, uh, you know, that they had, they knew what was happening, obviously, because they told you. So they could have counter-programmed that however they wanted. And, and they chose to not only tell you something that would make you want to change the channel, uh, but they also said, hey, uh, we're going to finger poke a doom you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, what a, what a ballsy thing to say and, and, and do when, when that's your main event. I mean, maybe, sh- I mean, it would be funny if Shivani probably didn't even know. I feel like Shivani is kind of one of those announcers who was like, yeah, don't spoil it for me. Don't tell me what's going on. I want to be surprised. Like what a kind of look like a bit of an a hole. I also uh, I also feel like um it's kind of karma, right? Showing you like maybe it's not good to be the, the jerk mm-hmm. because it just kind of bit them in the ass instead of actually yeah. being, you know, if they had if and it was all just because their intent was number one to really demean the the quality of wrestler that that foley was at the time right yes i mean he's a joke he's just the guy we throw in there so that he can throw his body around right. that's not somebody to take yeah, he seriously wasn't, he wasn't a body guy that's that was the perception of uh, no. of, of mick foley at that time he wasn't no. like this big jacked guy he rustled nope. sweatpants or so right. you know sweatpants long tights flannel but- shirts He'd put his, he'd take the bumps, man. And he'd take some dangerous bumps. He'd put his life on the line, honestly. Uh, and this is even before Hell in a Cell, before that. This guy used to, I mean, he he wrestled in Japan in, in dynamite matches, thumbtack matches, barbed wire matches. Like, the guy put his body on the line for the art, for what he loved, right? And yeah. so they were trying to demean him, just to, just being jerks. And, and then again, uh, trying to attack the other promotion. And didn't touch him. Didn't touch him. What's even more wild about this is that for six days, Mick Foley didn't even tell his own family that he was the champion. Wow. He made, they watched Raw and they all found out together. Like he didn't tell his wife. He didn't tell his kids. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's good. I mean, that's hard to do. That's certainly hard yeah. to do, but that's, I mean, that's, that's really cool. I'm glad that Mick, you know, got this, this moment because, uh, you know, because he wasn't viewed as that main event guy. Ever. He, he's a, he was a guy who could perform like, like Chris said, exactly like Chris said, he can go out there, put his body in the line. You have moments, but he wasn't viewed as a heavyweight champion material. He was way more. Yeah. He was way more viewed as somebody who could make somebody else look amazing. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I remember reading in his book, he had a lot of, he had to pull some strings and stuff to get sting to jo- to, to lose to him so they can make money and make this very interesting storyline in WCW, but you know, you got to think of all the champions at, at this point in time in this era, what they look, what they physically look like. All right. Yeah, the so, rock, yeah, the rock, the rock was who he beat. <laughs> the rock stone cold Goldberg, Hogan, uh, you know, and then it, it, there's all these just guys who are just an incredible, incredible shape. And for Mick to kind of go out there and do that, it was like, a, it was like, um, it was kind of like seeing dude Thor, <laughs> like in <laughs> hindsight, like seeing dude <laughs> Thor, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, back in the day, seeing what, you know, for, for Avengers Endgame, seeing him was like, okay, this guy could be a superhero. I could be something too. It was kind of like one of those like moments. Like, I think this, I mean, this changed the wrestling business, our perception of who should be a champion and, and who should be a main eventer. I think it changed it in the, in the long run, yeah. you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I don't think Kevin Steen or Kevin Owens or Samoa Joe or any of these guys who are very talented people. But uh, they're not the most, you know, physically. How do I word this without coming off like a dick? Um, but but they don't look like the, your prototypical pro wrestler. And these guys are winning championships. I don't think that happened in the long run without Mick Foley uh, winning this year. Yeah, he definitely laid some groundwork for sure. And I also want to say real quick, because not only am I a Foley mark, but I'm also a Shivani mark. 
I love Tony Schiavone. Uh, he's one of my favorite announcers ever. I grew up on WCW, so yeah. uh, I'm a big fan of his. Same. I'm so glad he kind of got back into it. And in his defense, uh, apparently on the night of, he called Mick Foley and just to tell him that he was sorry and that he that he those weren't his words. He didn't want to say that stuff. Like he was so apologetic to Foley the, the night of, like even before they knew <laughs> they had uh, uh, screwed the pooch and uh, sent like 600,000, wasn't something like that, 600,000 people uh, towards there, uh, towards the, the, the opposition. And uh, that's that's pretty wild to me that that, uh, you know, to I think it's what I would do, because I know I would feel pretty awful saying that about somebody I actually really like. Especially like, like your, your boss is saying you have to do this. And so you're just kind of, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that'd he's got to like, try to sell it too. like, oh, my God, you don't want to go over there. Yeah, that'd be like if I was on another podcast, just talking some real terrible things about Chris. <laughs> Like, like, man, yeah. Don't, don't tune in to, uh, uh, don't tune in to, uh, Chris oh, and Anthony. Just can't shows, stop. That's how horrible they are. I was trying to pick. You have like five of them. I was trying to pick which one. <laughs> uh, don't tune in to like Chris and Anthony. Just can't stop because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> That'll put you know headphones on some ears. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, it, it would if you're telling them that uh, Anthony's getting kicked off the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh man, no! I'll, Anthony I'll tell you, dude, I, guess. I was a huge fan of Foley too, but the, again, like you, I grew up with WCW, so that was my thing. And my before he became Mankind and before he did all that, I knew him as Cactus Jack, right? And yeah. as Cactus Jack, this dude was like dangerous. You saw this guy coming down the aisle, and it was he was scary. He yeah. was like shooting bang bang, and he just looked absolutely mental, right? Uh, he looked dangerous and I, I was a huge sting mark, huge fan. And so anytime sting had to wrestle cactus Jack, I always had this fear of like, <laughs> Oh God, like, I hope he doesn't get hurt. Cause this guy's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know uh, he, I mean? he definitely had that, um, uh, just the air of unpredictableness to him. Yeah. Like you didn't know what this dude was going to do. Yeah. Which made a perfect transition to this mankind character, right? Like yeah. Having that kind of off balance, like, could be dangerous at any moment thing yeah. and this is uh, obviously more toward when uh you know when he when mankind first came into wwf uh, he was all heel like he was all mm-hmm. bad guy you know taking on the undertaker uh just being a really uh, strange evil dangerous character he was legit only meant to face the undertaker and be yeah. an opponent for him because they had they didn't build anybody up you know, when he came in, it was the gold, gold dust and this era of all these just wild, wild characters that were meant yeah. to, that were doomed to fail from the start. And mankind made the most of it. Yeah. Vince McMahon famously at the beginning didn't believe in him at all. And the running gag was that he only hired him to prove to Jim Ross that he was wrong about right, somebody. J, JR really went to bat for him was just yeah. like, listen, this kid is going to work his ass off for you and put people in the seats because he yeah. saw his work in WCW in Japan. He knew what he was, what he had. Yeah. Yeah, he knew he would do anything pretty much to tell a story in the ring. And that's mm-hmm. and that's Mick Foley in a nutshell. But this is, I was trying to think back of all the championship w- uh, wins that I've seen, of ones that really, really hit me. Uh, this one has got to be number one for me. It's it's up there with um, when, when The Miz won his first one. Yeah, uh, I love that one so much. And I promise you, we will cover that at some point if I have anything to say about it. 
Uh, but it, it, Miz, Kofi, Daniel Bryan, yeah. like yeah, Daniel a, Bryan's another one. That's a huge one. Uh, uh, another one of of just these wrestlers that I really liked. Uh, who the fact that they're even getting this shot is pretty amazing because they weren't these big dudes, you know. And uh, but it's just so in, just so incredible. This one right here. If I'm thinking right, this is the one that actually really, <laughs> really truly got me to be more open about the WWF. I was, man, I was team WCW. I really truly was. Same. Uh, even even though I knew that the ship was sinking <laughs> and uh, I was team WCW, but uh, hush dog, hush. My, <laughs> my nephew's dog is here and barking for some reason, but uh, yeah, that's, it's just, it's, what are you barking at? Doing a show. <laughs> He's, he agrees with you, man. He's yeah. all for McFoley, man. Yeah, but uh, it's Mick. I was already a big fan of McFoley's. Like he was the one guy on WWF that I liked. So when this happened, I was I was all in. I had to see what they were doing, and that's when I got involved with it. And uh, I just have so many good memories of of this. Uh, this was the era when you would get together with your friends and on Monday nights and watch wrestling. And that's yeah. what I did. Honestly, I had friends come yeah, over to my same. house, yeah. and I'd we'd watch wrestling. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man, this this was just one of for me one of the best feel good moments of. I look back at this when I was rewatching this. You can find this entire match on YouTube. WWE put it out there, and you can find it. And it just brought back so many amazing memories to me. I'm just man, I really truly love pro wrestling at this point. No, it, this is the height of it. I mean, I, I stopped watching a couple. You know, not not too long after this era, I don't remember seeing this moment live, but. You know, I, I was like you, Johnny. I was WCW. Like, I can only see, you know, uh, WF was a little crazy all the time, right? You got Mae Young birthing a hand. Uh, yes. <laughs> you, get, you know, Sable and PMS and all these, like, my dad's like, what is this crap? This is not like, this is not what I grew up with. So, and, and it's weird to say that WCW was like throwback to that until they started doing Viagra on a pole matches. But I was team WCW uh, at that point, too. But it was, it was the best time. You know, I did, obviously, I came back into it like four years later. Like oh three, but ninety nine was kind of the 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 end of my my initial pro wrestling fandom run, and it was uh you know it was it was really it was really cool to uh to be a part you know to, to be a part of that you know uh, we're never gonna see everybody tries to duplicate these Monday Night Wars right we we had the Wednesday Night Wars and Impact tried to run against Monday Night Raw for some time, and it's just never been duplicated. Everybody likes to try and compare it, but it's just it's it's not the same at all. And no, because it, it was there was a magic. Time. Yeah, there was a magic, dude. It also had to do with the viewers, like the people who were invested in it. You know what I mean? It was a magical thing in that time. And to see these these companies kind of go at each other as a viewer, it was a dream come true. You were literally seeing, you know, two sides that you went for battling each other. Right. You know what I mean? And it became almost this kind of thing of we did. We used to think about what if they put on a big event, WCW versus WWF. Yeah. And you had this person versus this person. The whole idea was to say who was the top promotion. You know what I mean? Me and my friends would literally have these conversations because you were so invested in what was happening. People still you can't duplicate day. it. You have to let it, you have to let it be natural. It's, it's an organic thing. You can't force this kind of war. You know what I mean? No. Yeah, you can't. And it, Every, yeah, that's the perfect way to, to say it. Everybody tries to force it. And it would, and people just aren't buying it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I watched mm-hmm. a side-by-side comparison of when the, the night Impact decided. I think it was January 4th, 2010, 2011. Like, Impact tried to go against Monday Night Raw. 
and they were doing comparisons like the big night of uh, it was Bret Hart's return to, to WWE. And then on the other flip side of it, there was just some weird storyline with Hulk Hogan and Mick Foley on TNA and stuff. It's just, it's just weird. It was just a, just a, a, a bad attempt, yeah. a, a bad attempt in trying to duplicate and, and, and trying to get them edge back. And it's just, it, it was natural. It was just all natural at this point. Yeah. Yeah. That whole trying to duplicate things gets companies in trouble. I think <laughs> it's just uh, like, you can, you should look to these things that worked as an influence, not as a thing you need to completely copy again. Right. Uh, because, yeah. Because, because you got to remember uh, sometimes things work just because the place and time that they happened. Correct. And, and you know what? All the time too, you, there's, this happens all the time where where something happens and it's similar to something that did happen prior and and you know the everybody compares oh you're not this right johnny you're a basketball guy all right uh here's a little reference you know everybody likes to do the whole lebron jordan debate like oh yeah. my god can't just enjoy their separate eras g-o-t-e yeah. greatest of their eras not g-o-a-t and like it, it's it, it's kind of become one of those things where it's like it shouldn't be that way. You should just appreciate the, you know, the what you know what it was, what it is, and yeah, and leave it leave it be. Because styles have changed since then. This is same thing with pro wrestling. Styles will uh, styles will change, and in in times are different. I mean, there's obviously there's things that happen in an attitude era that you just can't do today. Yeah, <laughs> and yes. uh, like one of the things I even saw in this clip was an unprotected chair shot. Mm, to the mm, head that's uh, a that fine. would that's yeah a that fine. would not fly today at all thankfully and um one of my favorite things about this if you watch this though is for all the criticisms fairly that Vince McMahon gets he has some of the best over-the-top facial expressions of anyone ever so if you watch this clip it pretty much ends with him looking up at the ring with Mick Foley ce- celebrating holding the title and he just keeps saying not him not mankind yeah. anybody but him and it was just perfect <laughs> it was yeah i mean that was the, right everybody i think knew about vince's stigma at that time yeah if you came in you were a light heavyweight or whatever you weren't seeing you weren't sniffing that wf title right. at the time if you were a light heavyweight cruiserweights uh you know it, people were aware of that you know it's, it wasn't just this running gag that it is now today where you know if it, you have an uphill battle if you're a smaller guy, but people knew back then, you know, Shawn Michaels was very, very fortunate, you know, for his era to be, it's cause he was so over, but to be champion. And so it, 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 it made sense. It almost was like breaking the fourth wall, but not at the same time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, let's, before we started recording, Matt and I were talking and we each have a, we do have one critique. I don't know. I don't Johnny, know I'll he, let you go first because this okay. is your theme and then I'll follow it up. All right. So, all right. So this for me took nothing away from it for the moment. Still love this moment. Obviously it's one of my all time faves, but I'm such a Foley Mark that I would have loved if he had won this on his own. Yep. Okay. That's mine too. Yep. Uh, I understand having stone cold come in because that pop, I mean, just listening to that, obviously just hearing that glass shatter, I don't think people realize I I'm trying to think the closest we've had since then might've been Daniel Bryan at one point. And, but it was never to this. Like you just heard that glass break and the crowd lost their minds and they did here. So I get why they did it and I understand it, but I just love Foley so much. I just, 
kind of wish he had won it on his own. No, I, 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 I'm in the same boat. Cause right. Didn't he win it? He won it in an empty arena match too, the Super Bowl, uh, the, the main, uh, halftime heat or whatever. I think he, beat I think the, so. I think he beat the rock with like a forklift and a pallet yeah. and covering him <laughs> and stuff. And, but it's like, you know, he didn't get that moment in front of an actual crowd, but you know, it, to, to win an under, to win a championship on your own with no muddled mess. That's a huge endorsement, right? You know, people used to complain because Hulk Hogan would not ne- like never lose the belt clean. There was always some kind of funky finish and it almost took away from the victory, right? You almost, it almost makes it, you know, we all know what happened and what's going on, you know, politics and backstage politics and all that stuff, but it almost delegitimized, delegitimized, delegitimized. I definitely didn't say that right. Forgive me, Niagara Falls High School education, but here I am. Um, it, it almost delegitimizes that that the win in a, in a sense. It almost makes it seem like a fluky kind of championship victory. Uh, and it is weird. And, and if, you, if, you and if you're a, a heel, yeah. and if you're a heel, that's fine. Oh, if you're a heel, it's, it works great. When you're a baby yeah. face, it, uh, it, it definitely, I mean, they did draw this storyline out. I think The Rock and Mick Foley battle each other multiple times for the title. Uh you know, but Foley's like runs were very like quick. I don't even think he yeah. was champion for a yeah. total of three months combined. Uh, but yeah. but it would have like I think it would have been way better if he had did something like to get that because right he had the I think the, the closing moment yeah he had the mandible claw, Shamrock mm-hmm. hit him with a chair right and knocked him out and then Stone Cold came in and Pop rocked with a chair and pulled Mick on top of him. Yeah. Uh, Man, how great would that have been if, if Mick had got up and hit, you know, hit the rock with a chair and whoa, the energy, you know, the, the, the excitement's even, even probably bigger because Mick did it. Mick did it and won it, you know, while or through standing. the, yeah. yeah, through the claw, you know, throw the mandible claw the down claw and, make, and, make, and, and make the rock tap. Yes. Which would have been major at that time. Yes. That would have been much better. Yeah. I got to agree with you guys. That is a flaw in, in that entire thing that it would feel better to have him win it clean. Yeah. 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 You're more invested in the character like that, you know, and it was the underdog story. So it should have been that he clawed his way to the top. I wonder. Get it? <laughs> clawed his way. I see yeah. what you did there. That's a good one. <laughs> um, but I wonder if that's like a rock call, like whose call that was mm. to, uh, you know, to kind of make it happen that way. You know, if the rock's like, oh, I got to protect my character, I can't. You know, which, which, to it know. Went, it wouldn't well, the, surprise me because, you know, they were on eventually on screen rock and sock connection tight. But, you know, you never know what the rock you never know. Well, you also like I was saying before, Stone Cold's way over. And this was during the era where you're not going to have a main event and Stone Cold not be involved somehow. Correct. Right. So maybe it that's what about, they were thinking. Yeah. Is it about getting the frenzy on a higher level? Right. Yeah. It was already a frenzy with everything going on and everybody was on the edge of their seat. Like, is 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 mankind really going to take this? Is they really going to do this tonight? And then why not just turn it up another notch and hit that shattering glass, and make everybody shit their pants and just be like, oh, yeah, God. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Mankind's this it was his first title reign. It didn't even last a month. But what's even more wild about this? Uh, he has said in interviews that when he got to the arena that night and was told, Hey, guess what? You're going to win the title. He actually tried to convince Vince McMahon that that was a terrible idea. Really? <laughs> he said, you shouldn't do this because I should always be chasing. And, uh, rock is such a great, obviously such a great heel, you know, wrestler, especially at this time, top of his game, uh, that, you know, I should always be chasing. I should not win this. Like he was very much against it. Maybe it was his call to not win clean. 
It might have been. I don't know. Now that you mentioned that, you're probably right. Because knowing Mick, right, like he's the kind of guy who would look at it as a fan saying, does that look realistic? Like that I would beat The Rock. Like I need help to beat The Rock. So I could see him say, have making that call. I could definitely agree with that. I could definitely agree with that. And but that's that's the humility of Mick Foley. There's not a whole lot of people that are like him Mm -hmm. Um, and not a whole lot of people like him at all. Uh, you know, to, to be that, I guess, selfless in the, in the, in the business sense of things, but um, that's pretty cool that he, this moment that, you know, he's widely remembered for probably one, one of the more positive moments for Mick Foley's career, right? Losing the year, throwing off the cell. And this is like <laughs> a positive memory for Mick Foley. And he didn't, yeah. he didn't even want the moment, the, the irony yeah. of it. Most is most of the things he remembered for are times where he was hurting himself. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Right. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man, but yeah, I man, I just can't stress enough how important this moment was to me as a wrestling fan. Uh, because it was true. The reason I was drawn to McFoley was out of all the wrestlers that I saw, and these are ones I liked. I mean, I had a lot of favorite wrestlers, but none of them felt like somebody I could feel like I understood or that I even remotely resembled or any of that. That's why uh, I know representation matters because I felt like McFoley represented me in a way. Yeah. And I was drawn to him because of that. The everyman. Yeah. The nice. Everyman in a way, you know, a flawed human, a flawed human being. That's the way that, that mankind was perceived um, and portrayed a flawed human being um, who didn't look like everybody else. He was different. And his schizophrenia is, is, you know, characters, mental health issues. They all came to a play into a play and all that where everybody else looks like a God, like larger than life. Like that was the, yeah. that was just the wrestling business at the time. Mick was the everyman. You know, the every man, he was, he was relatable. Yep. Uh, you know, he didn't have a 12 pack. Didn't have 24 inch pythons. Um, you know, he was, he, like I said, wrestling sweatpants, flannel, a dress shirt, a tie. Missing and teeth. Uh, yes, missing teeth and shaggy hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he went out there and gave us, gave us all. And he had like one, he, he was a really good promo. He was actually a really oh, good uh, promo. He, he, you know, I, I get, I get, this is. <laughs> This is the truth. I get irate if people talk about top promos and they don't mention him, like yeah. top talkers in the business. How yeah. can you do that and not mention McFoley is beyond me. He Dude, his Cactus yeah. Jack stuff is just killer, killer. Yeah. You can just look at his ECW stuff. Just look oh. at that. Good gosh. You know, and that's and all the great promos he had in WWE slash F. But man, this. This guy sold me on any match he was going into. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, I love it. He owned the cheap pop too, right? He owned. Oh he's yeah. Like, he's like, yo, I know where we're at, and I'm gonna do it because people say I shouldn't do it. Yeah, right here, <laughs> right here in Buffalo, New York. <laughs> and they went. They lost their minds, and and the boys in the back are probably like, this mother, you know. And but he's like, you know what? I don't care. That's my thing, and I'm gonna own it, and I'm gonna do it. So yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- this this th- this match, this moment was was so so cool. It's it's a very important one too. I think people, you know, like we mentioned, they, they sometimes they overlook the importance of what this meant to the world of wrestling, to shaping the 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 wrestling for the for, you know for the the next couple of years before WF bought out WCW. Um, but yeah, it's it, it was so cool. This is like the first, you know, looking back, the first very feel good title win, maybe. I mean, I, I know they, they built up Michaels and stuff for the Iron Man match to be a good one, you know, the boyhood dream and stuff. But this is looking back. This is one of those first like feel good, like, hey, you know, he did it. 
kind of kind of things. I think that's why it stands out so much to everybody. Because they had done a good job of making his character feel like an underdog, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that that really helps. It's really it's really tough to hate on an underdog when they accomplish something. It just is because you know they had to work twice as hard as someone else. Yeah, yeah, whatever it may be. So, yeah. Uh, also, real quick, I am going back through because obviously I don't want to brag, but when I tell you this, it's obvious I get late all the time. But uh, I'm going back watching uh, Nitro, WCW Nitro on Peacock, and I have in the year 1999 now. I started in 96. That's how much I've been doing this. And I'm in 1999, and I'm about halfway through. I think I'm in the summer of 99. And let me just describe to you this is what WCW is now. Right. Uh, Tank Abbott has showed up. There's Tank Abbott involved, a uh, former UFC guy. Uh, Rick Steiner has turned heel with his brother, Scott, Big Papa Pop. Uh, that's that's happened. Uh, Eddie Guerrero just came back from a really terrible car wreck, which I'd forgotten about. But yeah, oh yeah, he was out for a long time because of this car wreck. He has just gotten back. Uh, but my favorite thing, <laughs> I don't know, why I love this so much. But Macho Man is back, right? And he's got his, and he's got like these three ladies that are always with him, and. Uh, but my favorite thing is his new theme music it literally starts out with the words, what's up, Mach?" or something like that. It says his name, Mach, in the first <laughs> thing. But the best thing about that is every time his music hits, every time it never fails, all the commentators are like, what's this? Who's this coming to the ring? <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's saying his name right there at the beginning for you. Yeah, yeah, you gotta love the 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 the, the ignorant. Like that's the same thing. With like when referees do that sort of thing, commentators, uh, whoever it may be, you gotta gotta love the, the, those pro wrestling like cliches. Yeah, huh? yeah, nice. <laughs> but um, but very good. I mean, I think we 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 talked about a lot of you know aspects of this, the storyline, the importance of it. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to add uh, to this to this episode? To kind of looking at. You know what this moment meant. Uh, is there anything you guys want to add? No, I think it's a great one for Johnny to pick, man. This is a super important one in the history of wrestling, really. And and just kind of like the impact it had. Like you guys said, that was the turning point, right? Now the war, we start to see where, where you know, the numbers start to go. And it's a, it's a big deal. It's yeah. definitely a big deal. You know, wasn't Stone Cold, wasn't The Rock that, I mean, kind of it would happen, but it was Mick Foley's it was the build up, yeah. Mick Foley's title went. It made it yeah, it kind of cemented, but to me, it cemented Mick Foley as a major player. Yeah. Yeah. Them. He was already kind of up in the works, but it was definitely a rock and uh, stone cold show for sure. Yep. But this really helped bring him up in, in there to throw in that third wheel. Oh, yeah. That you kind of need. Uh, you can't just you have, have to. Uh, yeah, you can't just have two really over people. You kind of need some more than that. And uh, they got that. And man, just the, just what they got out of this. I mean, you mentioned rock and sock. That's one of my favorite things uh, ever is the rock and sock connection. Uh, you know, I got the Funko pop over there. That's how proud I am of that rock and sock connection. You're uh, right though, about how he elevated to a status up with the rock and, and stone cold. Cause the thing yeah. about in this era, if you guys had to pick your Mount Rushmore of who were the wrestlers at WWF at the time, Mankind, Stone Cold, The Rock, and Undertaker. Like, those are the yeah, four yeah. biggest at the moment at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. if this doesn't happen, Mankind, I probably don't look at Mankind like that. No, you're probably you putting, have to look at them as being important, you know? Yes, you have to. 
you know, without this title win to cement, like Johnny said, to cement his legacy, to cement that he was one of the guys. Uh, yeah, you're probably, I mean, probably putting Triple H, maybe Kane, uh, you know, somebody completely different. But yeah, a, t- a, a title always legitimate, legit. I'm not going to try and say that word again. Uh, it always cements a, uh, you know, somebody, it, it definitely helps cement people's careers. There, there's some people who didn't need it. You know, there's a lot of people who didn't need it. You're Andre the Giants. You know, there's a point where Hulk Hogan really didn't need the belt. Right. Uh, you know, Stone Cold. I mean, Stone Cold was still, you know, it, it always helped, of course, when he when he had it. But, you know, for a guy like Mick Foley, yeah, like those guys have to have a crack. Uh, you know, have to have at least one of their credit. You know, I'm sure people kick their kick themselves in the pants to the creative uh, board back in the 80s for not putting the strap on like Roddy Piper at one point. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, he's already immortalized. He didn't really need it. But man, can you imagine what that title about what it did for the, you know, his legacy and, uh, you know, just made it even bigger and better. And it, it them doing that for Mick, uh, you know, was one of the smartest things that, that they ever did in the Attitude Era. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And this is a guy who uh, one of his most important moves was pulling a sock out of his pants. Yeah. <laughs> right. Shoving it in your mouth. Yeah. And look yeah. how amazing he did with that. So, yeah, it, it's pretty incredible. And that, that you know, that again, that's that's a transcending thing, too. You know, uh, yeah. at the time, yeah, that's where I always pull my socks out of. Yeah. <laughs> right. You, you, you think Santino Morales, <laughs> you think Santino Morales doing the Cobra with the, the sock Cobra, if Mick Foley doesn't do that? You know, it was it, it was that sense of fun, um, you know, that just it, uh, it made it so good. It made it so good. So, yeah, for sure. But um, but I think that's a wrap, everybody, on our first yeah. comeback episode. So thank you all for joining us uh, in two weeks. We will return in two weeks. We will return. Chris has choice. And through our roulette wheel, uh, Chris has to pick has to pick a topic within the theme of a wrestling event. So we'll be talking about a wrestling event. Uh, in two weeks, Chris, uh, do you know what we're yes. going to be talking about in two weeks? We're going to talk about one of the biggest events in wrestling history. This was uh, this this really was one of those things which helped blur the lines. Uh, what was real? What wasn't right? You started to think like, hang on a second. I thought I knew the script and you didn't. So we're going to be talking about May Young birthing uh, a hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about the Montreal screw drop. Screw job, Montreal screw job, and uh, the 1997 Survivor Series. Excellent, very good. A great card and a uh, a great finish that did it changed the history of wrestling. Um, I'm excited to talk about this with you guys. I don't believe we've ever talked about this before. We've been, we've acknowledged it. I think we've, we may have yeah touched on it, but this definitely is one of those ones that's right there in the middle of the war. WCW WWF war. For yeah, sure. and what's and what's so fun about it is to this day wrestlers disagree on if it was a fully a work or a shoot yeah, to this right, day right. so i can't i can't wait to talk about this yeah it's gonna be a good time so make sure you uh check us out in two weeks for that follow-up episode thank you so much for uh returning with us and uh on behalf of johnny chris and i you know what chris watch it kind of south one two three go Okay, we all see celebrity stories on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere we can absorb information from every day. But what about the people in our hometowns who make the world go around but don't get any recognition for it? Hi, I'm Dan Torres, and my podcast, Your Average Ordinary, focuses on those people. Those people that have extraordinary lives, 
jobs, hobbies, talents that you may not even know about that you walk past on the street every day. Join me every Saturday as I'm joined with a new friend to talk about how their average ordinary life impacts so many others. And there's so much to talk about because there are so many different people. You like movies? We talk about that. You like acting? We talk about that a lot. You like video games? I'm always talking about video games. Join us every Saturday, Your Average Ordinary, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you can find.